hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Center Point Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're glad that you're taking a few moments out of your day to hear us and to really interact with us as we open up God's Word and uh, hopefully, hopefully bring Scripture alive and help you to point yourself and others to Jesus Christ and His Word. Yeah, so we're just a few weeks till Easter now. Mm-hmm, that's right, right around the corner. That's right. April 12th. Yes, April 12th. Yes, April 12th. yes. And you know, as we think about Easter, obviously, that's the day that we remember that Jesus resurrected from the grave mm-hmm. and um, and all of that. And we've got a good weekend that weekend of ministry and just mm-hmm. kind of neat, neat times uh, as a church. But what we've been talking about is what happened prior to that in the life of Jesus. Right. If you've been, if you've been listening to us and know this series, we're taking the seven days building up to the resurrection. And we're going to kind of go back a little bit and talk. We spoke last time about the triumphal entry and things of that, what happened on that day, the Saturday before, the Sunday before. And I believe now we're into the Monday before the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that happens the following weekend. So on Sunday of that week, Jesus came into Jerusalem and there was high expectations. But what we're going to see today is we shift from one day to the next to Monday that, well, let's just say Jesus kind of brings a dose of reality. He really does. He really does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we used to get this magazine, like this catalog in the mail. It was, I I tried to find the name of it, and maybe some listeners out there, they might remember this. I mean, I'm old, right? I mean, I'm turning 50 this year, so this is way back. This is right in between World War One and World War Two, <laughs> Not <No>. quite. <laughs> but we would get this black and white, small catalog. Me and my brother, we were probably 10, okay? And we would get this catalog of all these, like, silly little toys and things that you could buy. I mean, like... Like gadgets? Yeah, like Sea Monkeys was on there. Ooh, oh, yeah. I know Sea Monkeys. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and detective equipment. And I remember the Spud Launcher. Always wanted one of those. You mm-hmm. could shoot a potato, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. And these silly costumes, you know, like a gorilla costume and a magician costume and all that. And we would you'd page through this thing, like looking for something mm-hmm. that you could buy. And one day I made my choice. I saved up my lawnmower money. And I bought something, and you mail, you'd mail it away for our younger listeners. You would actually send a check in the mail. A check? Yes. And probably four or five, six weeks later, you would get the item. So what was, it, what was the item that you got? I, got? I ordered a camera, and I was so excited to get this camera. You didn't order the magician shit? No, uh, I didn't. No, dress? too much money. Too okay. much money. But I got the camera. It used 110, 110 film. Do you remember 110 Is film? Is that the really slender one with like the... The, the two round pieces yes. with the... Yes. Oh my goodness. And I had a camera. I had a, a turquoise camera that, that had this. Okay. Yeah. So I got this camera and I was so excited. I mean, I was going to take beautiful landscape pictures, oh, you know. of course. Of course. Probably some portraits of my, my beautiful mom. Yeah. You know, maybe some flowers, some close up of flowers, you know. I mean, I had all these things in mind. Yeah. I got that thing. It was such a piece of junk. I mean, it was, it was just plastic, and you could immediately tell. But I was still hopeful. Yeah. I rode my little bike to town, got some 110 film, put it in there, took the pictures, got them back. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I could have drawn the pictures that it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Yeah. And you know, in the magazine, though, oh, well, I'm sure good. I guarantee you, I've never seen that magazine before, but I guarantee you that picture of that camera Oh, it was, looked outstanding. Was phenomenal. It was in the detective section. 
the like secret oh. spy. Like mm-hmm. it was a real small camera. Mm-hmm. You could use this thing to you know spy on the Russians or whatever it was was <laughs> on my mind. So you know we get these expectations for what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but sometimes you get a real dose of reality. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to kind of happen here on day Monday, you know, on Monday of, of, I guess, day two of our little series, Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. Expectations are high. But now reality is going to hit. Well, obviously, we have the four Gospels that give us... um, glimpses and we can place them all together to create a harmony of the gospels of what took place and how things progressed but for the sake today i think it'd be good for us to just stay in maybe one passage for a little bit and then just go to one other passage for a little bit so gospel well, of mark probably yeah let's start off with mark yeah let me let me just read here mark 11:11 11, 11. it says and he entered jerusalem so right before this we, we know that this is the triumphal entry, okay? He comes in, they're, they're shouting, Hosanna in the highest, in verse number 10. He entered Jerusalem and went to the temple, and he looked around at everything, and it was already late. He went out to Bethany with the 12. So we already said that Jesus, was he brought the 12 disciples with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They didn't stay in Jerusalem proper. At, in the evenings, they would go out to a, a sort of a suburb of Jerusalem, if you want to think mm-hmm. of it that way, out to Bethany. That's where they would sleep. They kind of stationed there, we said. He'd come back into Jerusalem during the day and go back out to Bethany at night. Mm-hmm. So he goes in the temple. He looks around. He sees things, but it's late in the day, so they go back out to Bethany. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't need love to be in part of the conversation that night? Uh, well, I think it would definitely be interesting. Yeah, to be there with Jesus. I would love to say that I would be able to, I would hang on every word that Jesus would say, but I'm, I think a lot of that stuff may go over my head. Yeah, and it certainly did the disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happened to them. And you know, I'm, obviously, I've got a 2020 mentality, right? And I'm, and I don't, I wouldn't be able to understand exactly everything that's all the nuances that he was sharing and such. When he's, you know, that's even an issue. Is yeah. you know, even present day when we read scripture, it's hard for us to to um, place ourselves as as much as I would like to in the, the thought process of the day. But regardless, to sit near Jesus the night before, just, I mean, it would be unbelievable. So it's, it's Sunday night. They camp, okay? Monday morning, the following day, verse 12, they came from Bethany. So they leave Bethany. They're going towards Jerusalem, and Jesus mm-hmm. was hungry, it says. And seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. And he said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples, his disciples heard it. So then they come to Jerusalem. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them. And he said, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him. Because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. So this is Monday. And this is a kind of famous day in, in mm-hmm. the life of Jesus. When he drives out the, the, the people there in the temple. I mean, mm-hmm. what an event this was. Yeah. And, we, and as, as you read that, what 
obviously comes to my mind is two main things that happen there. One is this fig tree issue thing, and then the temple overturning the tables and not letting people carry merchandise through. And, right. You know, that those, those two things kind of pop out to me. Now, let's remember that Mark wrote this probably, it's probably a good say, good estimate to say at least 20 years after the events, Mark is writing this. Mm-hmm. He's very much influenced. Mark was not an apostle. Mark was not mm-hmm. one of the 12. Right. Okay. But he's very heavily influenced by Peter. Peter being, maybe you'd say, the leader of the disciples Mm -hmm. other than Jesus. And so he's now telling us what happened, and he's able to look back now through the eyes of Peter at this. And what they don't realize at the moment, what the apostles and disciples don't realize at the moment is Jesus is trying to teach them a lesson. Mm -hmm. He's He's got something he wants them to understand. And so he sees this fig tree, he's hungry, there's no figs on it, and he he curses the fig tree. Yeah. And as as I think about it, if you think about it as you're listening, Jesus was never out of control. Right. And by he the way. He never lost control yes. over. So it might seem like the fig tree, he was upset and was like, ah, yeah. I don't got any figs. Well, you're going you're gonna to wither yeah. and die. And, and he curse goes, doesn't mean cuss. Yeah. Yeah. This is not him cursing cussing out the fig right, tree. Right, And then when he goes to the temple, it's not like he just, he's walking through and all of a sudden he sees it and he just loses control of himself and starts doing all these things. Remember, he went into the temple the night before. Yeah, so he saw what was he happening. He saw what was happening, but it was late, so he, he went back and slept and comes back the next day and sees the sham that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's going on here. See... There's high expectations over Jesus, what he's going to do for them, set up the kingdom, be the religious Jewish leader, overthrow the Romans. Mm-hmm. That's not the stuff he's consumed with. Yeah, He's consumed with their personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. with, their, with, with what he sees, their lack of integrity, their lack of reality. They, they yeah. don't have connection with God. And, and you, even if you look the day before when they were calling out Hosanna, you know, he realizes that at the end of the, this time, he's going to sacrifice himself, lay himself down. And we know that those people that were shouting, Hosanna, save us, are also the ones that are saying, free Barabbas, right. crucify him, crucify Jesus. That's exactly right. So, so they, they come in, they see this fig tree that has has no figs on it. Jesus curses it. By that we mean, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Mm-hmm. It ends there. Okay, we don't know what's going to happen. At this point, the disciples don't really know anything about this fig tree. Okay? It's just, right. He's just said it. They remember it, and then he goes into the temple, and now he sees some fruit he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And that is what the religious leaders are doing. And, you know, if he sees this fig tree, it's got leaves, but there's no fruit on it. And just when he walks in the temple, the same thing. He sees, it seems as if it's, vi- seems as if it's alive, but really there is no fruit that is being produced, right fruit, true fruit that's being produced in the in the temple, lots of activity, yeah, but it, no life. You know, I feel like Jesus is seeing that people are misunderstanding truth. They're disconnected from the truth, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. so they don't have this. Uh, they don't know the true endpoint 
of of what of what all's happening. And we even go back to them thinking that he was going to set up this kingdom on earth and all in all these things. They they were so disconnected, if you, right. you know, that's a good word, disconnected from what the truth is. That when he sees these things, I'm sure it brought a tremendous amount of sadness into his heart, but also a reality, the reality that he will he will lay his life down in order for them to see the real truth. Let's remember what this temple is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the place where all people, the Jewish people and the Gentiles, come to meet with God. He says it's supposed to be a house of prayer for all the nations. That's and right. by house of prayer, that doesn't mean this is where you go and ask God to do things for you. Mm-hmm. This is where you go to meet with God, where you can have personal fellowship with God. This is different than what where we're living right now. This is where God was residing it's where he was supposed to reside and be, and you go there to connect with him. And so that's what God had intended for this, and there is no fruit. Yeah. So not only does Jesus curse the fig tree, but now he's going to bring a, a curse, really, upon the whole religious system. Hmm. Turns over the tables, drives them out. They're taking advantage of people. You know, the, the money changers are are cheating people. They're 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 using this for their own personal benefit, their mm-hmm. own personal gain. And so Jesus drives them out and says, This is never what I intended for this to be. Hmm. He cleans house. <laughs> he does. He cleans house physically, mm-hmm. and he also get, demonstrates how he will clean house spiritually. Right, because in this, he's revealing not only the disconnected from truth of the religious system, the Jewish system is disconnected from what God ever intended from truth. But what we realize is these these people are disconnected from God because he's calling them to fellowship, to prayer, connection with God, mm-hmm. and they don't have it. Right. They don't have it. So problems galore, mm-hmm. expectations unmet, reality has been revealed, and it is that the system and the people are disconnected from God. Mm-hmm. So the fig tree and the cleaning of the house are brought together purposefully by Jesus because he knew what he was doing, and he knew he had a plan, and ultimately we'll see that plan at the, at the end of the week when he, the ultimate plan of dying for our sins and raising again, defeating death. Right. Before we go, before we go to that, though, just make sure we don't miss the verse number 20. So the next day, we're, we're kind of jumping into Tuesday for just a second. As they passed in the, mor- the next morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. See what he's saying here? I wanted so much more for you. Oh, my Israel, my Israel. Right, right. I wanted so much. I would, I would have gathered you to myself like a mother hen with her mm-hmm, chicks, right? Mm-hmm. He weeped over Jerusalem, but now they have rejected him. And so he has no choice but to allow them to experience that, that rejection themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'd be good to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more We'll recap what we just what we just said briefly, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Jesus sharing the truth of his crucifixion. So uh, just stay with us, and uh, we'll be right back and continue to, to look at the Monday of the last, what is it, Passover week? We would call it Passover week with Jesus. So we'll be right back.
Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Well, welcome back. We've been talking about day number, I guess, two of the last week of Jesus' life on earth before the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, Started on Sunday when he had the triumphal entry, and now we've landed on Monday when we're looking at what happened on that day. And really what, what it amounts to is yesterday was high expectations, but today is reality revealed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus was kind of disappointed with how things turned out. I mean, it was, really just, it, was, it was sad to him to see the state of the Jewish system. Yeah. You know, when when I think of, we started before with a sham, something that we thought was going to live up to expectations, that camera that you had right, purchased. Right, right. And, and it just didn't hold true. Now let's kind of flip the script a little bit here. And I've got, I've got a story, something that just came to my mind about something that I got and that I didn't really, it was like an add-on. I didn't really think much of it, but it ended up being very important to me. Uh, a couple years ago, I saw in Home Depot, you know, men go into Home Depot or Lowe's and they go to get one screw and they end up staying there for three hours. $100 every time. Yeah, looking at all the tools and stuff and smelling the good wood smells in in Lowe's. But I was in Lowe's and I saw this combo pack, tool combo pack, and something that really caught my eye was the battery-operated skill saw, the battery-operated sawzall. Oh, I've seen those things. So I... And I thought, man, the that five would be... in one pack. Or yeah, whatever. it was great. Yeah, it was yeah. great. You know, so I was thinking about these these main tools. You know, they put the five in one, so they throw some dinky something. Yeah, really, it's one in. tool, and they throw the other one in there. That's, exa- that's or the two or three or four. But that's yeah. exactly right. What it's a I, gimmick. What I wanted was this one tool because I said that would be the tool for me, and I will use that a lot. So I got this pack, and I got it back home, and it's you know battery operated. You know what? The tool that people thought you would just throw in, it was just a flashlight. I use that flashlight. I'm not exaggerating. I use that flashlight every day. Every day I use that flashlight. How often do you use the skill saw? Well, the sawzall, I've used it three times. <laughs> the skill saw, I've used it, you know, I might use it once every couple months, maybe. But that flashlight, something that I didn't even really think about, huh. but was but was put into, put into a, a combo pack. And it really has become the most powerful tool that I use, I guess, because I use it the most. So it exceeded your expectations. It totally did. And, you know, not I'm a little bit of a flashlight snob, I guess. You know, I like nice flashlights. And this one casts such a bright beam all the way across the property, all the way across uh, the road. And it, it's a powerful tool that I never even realized. It was something that I had kind of thought of. But exceeded my expectations mm. beyond I could. I could well, think. that's the exact opposite of what Jesus experienced on day number two of his last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was. Everyone had high expectations. I mean, Jesus knew what knew the truth, so we weren't looking yeah. at his expectations, but the world's expectations were very high. Yeah, and 
and but they were not aware of the problems. Yeah, they had the wrong expectations. They mm-hmm. were th- because of this disconnect that they had because the religious system of the time was broken and they were thinking this is what is this is the most important thing. And then Jesus comes in and says, "No. Right. Let me give you let me give you true reality here." So one of the other gospel accounts of this last week comes from John, the apostle John. And um, we, we mentioned earlier how you look at the, the three Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you try to develop a chronology of them, and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. You bring in the Gospel of John, it even makes it more difficult, mm-hmm. because the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're, they're called the synoptic Gospels. They're all written from the same kind of viewpoint, where John is, is very different. So it's even more difficult mm-hmm. to bring in the chronology of the Gospel of John. But, but we do know where John 12 lands. Um, John 12 lands on this same day, some of the events of John chapter 12. And we want to jump in here and see something that Jesus said um, about what was happening. In John chapter 12, um, verse number 20, it says here that now among those who went up to worship at the feast, so here we are at the feast where Jesus is gathering there. This is the same time, all right? This is right before this. You can see in John 12 that Jesus marches into, rides into Jerusalem. Everybody's celebrating, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the next day. And so these people, Gentiles, they come to Philip and they say, hey, we want to see Jesus, and Philip does what the disciples often did. They go get Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus that these people were here. Mm-hmm. And so jump down to verse number 27. Jesus explains something that, that I think they didn't understand then, mm-hmm. but we need to get it now. Right. You got it there, 27 through yeah. a couple of verses there? Yeah, um, maybe I'll go down to maybe verse 32, something yeah. like that. Uh, John 12, verse 27 says, Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. And he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So this is on day two of the last week. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is very clear what's happening. So we have Jews that are in his midst. We have Gentiles that have come close. So we have really... In in the in the view, all, every all man, yeah. all man is there. Yes, and he and he says first the reality that is something that he is is really struggling with, but he knows what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's obedient to God, and he also predicts what will happen. Mm-hmm. And it says here in uh, verse thirty-two, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth will draw all men to myself. So he's saying, I'm going to be crucified. In 33, it says, that's exactly what he meant. Okay, so John, much later, looking back on this, kind of commentates mm-hmm. and says, you know, this. he said this because of the way he was going to die. 
Now, yeah. the disciples didn't get this at the time. Yeah. He'd been telling them this for months. Yeah, and it just wasn't it wasn't ringing in their brains. It, they were hearing things but not understanding them. They kind of saw the, the, the combo package. And they were looking at this one, this one tool, saying, "Oh, this is the one. He's going to be king. This is He's going to rule. Exactly right. He. Yeah. This is why. This is why we get the combo package mm-hmm. because of this. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that something they had totally overlooked would be the most important thing. And to them. and not only did they miss it, so did all the religious leaders. That's why yeah. he turned over the tables. That's why he cursed the fig tree because man had a sin problem that needed to be dealt with. And yeah, it's it's not the part of the package. That, that they were expecting, mm-hmm. but they totally missed it. Yeah. And so Jesus here on Monday again, and he's going to, I don't want to say every day because I'm not quite sure, but I would not be surprised if it's not every day right. up until his arrest that he's not telling them, yeah. hey, this is this is it. This is it. You know, something that I overlooked, uh, and just to jump back to John 12, 23 and 24, it says, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So he is giving kind of a, a little illustration, but then later on, he's he's straight up with them and saying, this is what's going to happen, Which, and, and, and it goes over their mind. By the breaks. way, you're reading from the NIV, mm-hmm. okay? In reality, what that what that verse says, listen to what it what, it actually says mm-hmm. there's a there's a little different word here that's going to connect it, back. And this is the English Standard this Version. This is the ESV. Yeah. Yes, um, it says, "Truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit." Yeah, and you know what? It's Boom! Funny because I, I Fig wrote tree. That down. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. You know, he. This was. He's. He's making a point, mm-hmm. and he's trying to help them to understand. Okay, the religious system broken. Mankind's relationship with God, broken. And the fix is going to be from the Savior of the world, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Such, a, such a powerful uh, teaching that Jesus brings. And, and you know, he, he develops this more. We don't have time to look at all that he says here, but, but he brings in more of what he's trying to, to help them to understand, that God had been calling the nation of Israel to himself. For 1,400 years. Right. And they, they've been given many opportunities. They've been given so much, really. Yeah. They, what have they not been given? Right. You know, from Abraham saying that, you know, from you, I will bless all nations. The, the things that they, that they are God's chosen people, the remnant that he's protected, he's protected them throughout the Old Testament, throughout, throughout, throughout the Old Testament. And then it comes to this point where things change. Yeah, this is, you know, I mean... This is the climax moment. It really is. They, for 1,400 years, Romans 9 describes what they had, okay? They, they, they're called the Israelites or the Jewish people, and Paul writes, to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, worship, promises. They've been given all these things that all pointed to Jesus, that all that for 1,400 years had all kind of shined a, a spotlight on this moment when Jesus would walk into Jerusalem and offer them the kingdom, and they they say no, and so now they're going to ultimately reject him. They're going to kill him. They're going to crucify him. And what Jesus is trying to say is there's no fruit here. 
There's no fruit. You're, this is a sham. And so God is going to turn away from you for a time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, going back to when Philip grabs Andrew to these Gentiles come and they want to come see Jesus, and that's in, you know, in John, you have these Israelites that have been given everything and you know this adoption the glory you know the glory uh, been glorified covenant law worship i think there's the promises and then you have these lowly gentiles that just that are are begging to get close to jesus yeah and and he welcomes them in and god does a neat thing with them this is out of romans 10 god explains through the apostle paul and he's quoting from back in the old testament mm-hmm. he says i will make you jealous of those who are a not a nation, with a foolish nation, I will make you angry. He's doing this to draw the people of Judy of of Israel to himself. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring in non-Israelites who were not the people of God prior mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. to the birth of the church, and he's going to use them to wake the Jewish people up and say, "Hey, wait a minute! They have a special relation with God. How can I have that through Jesus? Through Jesus?" So it's all coming together here, okay? Day two is a big deal in this last week of Jesus. It's And it's going to escalate tomorrow. When when we pull into Wednesday, I mean, so we're just now getting this, this friction between the king of the universe mm-hmm. and the rulers of this religious system. Mm-hmm. They, they've been moving towards this moment, and now it is amping up. And mm-hmm. when we come into the next day, I mean... Shots are going to be gonna fired. Say, it's like the gloves come off. Yes. You know, I feel as if Jesus in his ministry was just reaching out to all people and sharing truth, and the Pharisees were there just kind of poking and poking and poking and poking. And Jesus was teaching, but he would have to stop, reference what the Pharisees did, and just continue with his He's always his giving role. grace. He's yeah, always yeah. giving grace. And now it's coming to a head where it's instead of him walking down the, the path for, with all the people, it's like he stops and turns and says, okay. Let's do this, you know, <laughs> and uh, and he and he gets um, I don't want to say confrontational, but he he starts oh, he's confrontational. he starts explaining yes. the truth in a truthful way that is hopefully opening the eyes of those that are with him, but also challenging those that think that they're that they're right by following a broken system. The most significant confrontation or or conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees is coming the next day. Mm-hmm. This well, is it. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're not going to tell you what it is right now, but you're going to listen to our next podcast. How about that? So, thanks for listening to us today. Understanding that that God has a plan through his son, Jesus. He Jesus did not do anything that was out of himself. He did not lose control. Everything he did was correct, methodical, and done for a purpose. And that ultimate purpose is so that we would look to him for salvation and no one else. He destroys the the Jewish system that was broken. He brings truth to this sham life that people were living, this misunderstanding, this false view that people had. He brings the truth into focus. And maybe even that his disciples didn't see it until after the resurrection and ascension. But he still holds true to his role in bringing us to salvation in a personal relationship with his father. Well, 
Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. And I hope that uh, you really enjoyed and you gleaned some wisdom from God's Word and you go out and make it yours. Uh, Just remember that we're nothing fancy here at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we strive to be real just like Jesus is. 